Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Three Dropout Podcast. We got, uh, it's me, Aman, and we got Bubbles here, and, yeah, yeah. uh, and V, V on the mic. What's up, man? I'm eating a banana. So, uh, today, uh, I'm actually gonna interview Bubbles. Uh, Bubbles, why don't you introduce yourself and let them know what you, what you got going on, man? Hey, what's up, y'all? It's the host with the most. It's your boy, Bubbles, a.k.a. Okay. Bundy, a.k.a. Prashant Singh. Uh, I just, yeah, hey, man, I don't, me doing my own introduction, isn't that like a little uh, self-absorbed? No, no, no. <laughs> and listen, You've been self-absorbed ever since <laughs> yeah, you are yeah, born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is nothing new. This is, this I am so a very, natural. I'm a... I'm a very humble man. I'm glad okay, okay. Hey, all right. First of all, there's <laughs> one realize, thing. If there's one thing that you're not, it's humble. <laughs> oh shit! Listen, man. I'm chucking bombs and fucking bombs. You feel me? <laughs> I'm just living life. Baby. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, so it may not seem like it. This guy's a freaking buffoon, but um, <laughs> he actually <laughs> he actually runs his own business. You know, so. Uh, Want to kind of take you guys on a journey and uh you know what what it's like through a business I uh, business owner's perspective and what it takes. Yes, yeah. So what you well, uh, I mean, what kind of business do you own, just, uh, Bunty? Just so just so people, the viewers know, these guys have prepared some questions and I don't know what they are, so I feel like a a little nervous. I'm under the gun, under but the gun. I'm gonna do Damn. my best. Yo, I, I got a fucking uh, shotgun. I got a, I got a first question, man. How long did it take you to realize that selling Tic Tac on a corner was your dream job? <laughs> When they came up with the orange flavor. Oh, hey, oh, the orange hey. flavor is fire. Like, good, that's, good hey, that's, that's an OG one. Yeah, hey, so I have, uh, I have a plumbing company and a general construction company. The plumbing is plumbing service. Uh, so, you know, uh, when Aman blows up the toilet and clogs it up, Chop. you know, my guys come through and clear it. Water heaters, all that stuff. And then the general construction company, you know, we do custom uh, residential and commercial construction. So restaurants, banquet halls, custom homes, Damn, okay. Damn, uh, nice. all that stuff. Nice, man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, give them, uh, give these guys a little bit of background, a little bit of an origin story, you know, like uh, like where you come from, where were you born, and how, how, how you got into it all, all this. Started, it all started in 1991. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Hey, it's going to be a long one. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm going to keep it short. Uh, born were you Simba? Fiji. So I was born in Fiji, Um, moved here with my family when I was about five and a half. Uh, We were in the barrier for the first six months, nine months, and then we moved to Sacramento. We've been here since. Uh, My father is a contractor. He was a contractor in Fiji. And then when he came here, uh, you know, he, he kept it going with the construction. Uh, Myself, once I graduated high school, I actually went into banking for five years. And uh, tried out the whole nine to five corporate America thing while I was going. Wait, so school. you went straight from high school into banking, huh? Yeah, the the way that it happened was, you know, I I played football in high school, right. and um, the this the 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 manager of the local uh, Wells Fargo branch that I applied at, oh, uh, okay. she was actually friends with the coach at the time. Nice. And so she, you know, when she recognized me and, and found out that I was one of the players, um, she was like, oh, you know, um, we built a connection on our interview. And then she's like, yeah, you don't have the most amount of experience, but, you know, based on reference, personal references and professional, I'm going to go with you. And I got the job. Oh, nice. And this was after spending three years at In-N-Out. So you know, it was a big it was a big shift. Um, but. I applied in banking because I was always interested in 
finance and money and stock market and all that stuff, you know? Okay. So I take the job. After a year, I moved to Chase, spent a year at Wells Fargo, three years at Chase, and then a year at U.S. Bank. Dang. Okay. Man, you, you're just in that realm, huh? Yep. Okay, yep. Okay. Uh, you know, clock at a young age out. too, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, eighteen to uh, twenty-three, twenty-four. Nice. All, all, all <laughs> uh, involving money. Uh, uh, actually, nineteen to twenty-four. I'm sorry, nineteen to twenty-four. Man, I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to see my track record, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's not as smooth as yours. <laughs> money that was... in my pockets. Yeah. Well, uh, 28 and i just turned 28 uh, man that's hella funny yeah. uh, but yeah it was you know i mean i i had bosses district managers all that stuff everything that you deal with in a normal corporate setting and um i i, I quickly realized that uh you know i did not like having bosses and there's not a lot of room for um i would say be, being being proactive and taking initiative and okay. uh, that's that's something that I have always done and I've always liked, you know. So what happened was we got contacted uh, to help a a um, property management company here find a tenant for an Indian restaurant. And the, pro- the, the property happened to be like literally two minutes from my house. And it was always a dream of mine to open an Indian restaurant because... As I said, I was very young when I moved here uh, from Fiji Islands, you know, and uh, I felt like it was always a struggle for me to hold on to my culture. And so food was one of the ways that I held on to it because my mom had this thing where she's like, you have to know how to fend for yourself. So you got to know how to cook, got to know how to do laundry, all that stuff. Right exactly you know gotta love it so as you taught us about food we learned about our culture and the traditions and all the stuff behind the food you know so i always had a love for it so a couple of weeks of thinking you know a couple of months of negotiating uh what i ended up doing was i ended up deciding that i'm gonna sign the lease and you know we're gonna i'm gonna with the support of my parents and my family i'm gonna open the restaurant and um you know move away from corporate america nice dude I'm 24 at that at that wow. time. Wow, dude! So, wow, it's uh, such a young age, man. Yeah, yeah. So we build the restaurant. Uh, takes us about five, uh, four to five months, and we move to you know. I mean, we I I shift to that full, complete six days a week, everything. Right. I lose all of my work life balance. It's a challenge, um, you know. And slowly, I start realizing that. The restaurant business takes a lot out of you. Yeah, and... you know, I, I remember this time because like we, we didn't see you a whole lot. Because um, mm-hmm. like remember in the early years, like we saw you a lot in community college, and that's I think that's yep. when you had the banking job and stuff. And then um, yes, uh, I was at Chase at that time. Yeah, yeah. that's right, that's right. And then yeah. like after that, well, like I I don't think we talked to you for like uh, for like a while. And then the only time we would ever see you is when V came back in town, you know, because you make some time. Yeah, and then like yeah, we, he we're like man. Back. Like what are you up to? You know, like we, you're like ah man, you know, and just grinding away. And then um, I remember like one of the times when V came back, we actually went to your restaurant, and that the food was like super super good. You know, so mm-hmm. I was like oh damn, so this is where you've been this whole time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that was the thing is that you have to be there the whole time to make sure everything's right, super right. good all the time. As soon as you step away, you know, with in America, there's this employee mentality, and this is not very common in other countries or third world countries. Really? I should say specifically, right? Huh. There's this employee mentality because 
uh, if you go to, let's say, I mean, something close to us that we can relate to, right? If you go to Fiji or India, right? right? right. Okay. When the, when the owner is away, the people treat that business like it's their business because if they don't uh... have that, they literally can't put food on the table. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. So they, they, they have more of an attachment to it. Over here, if you step away, the employees will try to take advantage as much as they right, can. Right, right. I know what you mean because, like, when I was young, like, you know, 16, working my first job, I couldn't wait to manage it off. I was like, yes, he ain't watching yep. me, you know? Yeah. So You know, you were probably eating food out of the – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was on there, you know, like, cooking at <laughs> them chicken wings. I was like, mm, give me some ranch. What he was eating food out of the trash trash can. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's like, hey, there's fresh food right there. No, 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 no. listen, listen. I want this. I need. This. So long, so long story. We decide to sell, and I decide to shift over to construction. And the main reason was because now for 18 months I had a lack of work-life balance. I'm talking six days a week, 14 to 16 hours oh, a day, brutal. and on the Sundays that we were closed, another eight hours of what? just making sure organized bringing stuff wow yeah i missed really? weddings birthday parties just everything i missed a whole bunch of stuff there was a period uh the catalyst was i didn't see my mom for like two weeks we live in the what? same house here <laughs> we live in the same house i didn't see her for two weeks so she finally just she's had enough she comes to work to 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 the restaurant and she just like she she kind of gets teary-eyed and she's like i don't see you anymore was here and it's Dang. just it's too much stress you know i had put on like 30 40 pounds like it was rough you know right and right. so so then that's when we all decided like okay it's better to have something with work-life balance so what happened is uh we sold the restaurant and i transitioned into opening the plumbing company ah okay okay gotcha because one thing that i always you know, remember about my childhood is that no matter how much my parents were working, how busy they were, whether they were making money or struggling or whatever, they were always there enough for me to never feel like they were too busy for us. They were oh, always I there see, for dinner. I see. They always made us breakfast. They always picked us up from school. If they couldn't, they always had a close family pick us up. I never rode the bus once. Damn, that's nice, man. Once, yeah. And so, you know, I mean – that's what I realized. I was like, well, you know, my father's been super successful and he's made a living and right, done right. all this through construction. So, you know, maybe it's got the work-life balance I want. So I transitioned into that. Nice, nice. So you kind of followed your, uh, what do you call it, your dad's footsteps into, uh, yeah. uh, into that world, yeah. huh? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And so once I transitioned in, I realized construction was not my first love. So a lot of people mm. tell you, you know, you got to do what you love. It's not going to feel like work, this and that. I don't really agree with that statement. Okay. 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 So what's your, what's your take on it? And here's the reason why. Uh, let's say, you know, you go chase after what you love, but you end up finding out that it, the reality is very different. I chased yeah. after the restaurant. Right, the reality right. was very different. Yeah. So then. You know, it's crazy because it's uh, like – that's like the uh like the one of the biggest mistakes I feel like uh, a lot of people make, you know, like they I idealize what they want and they picture mm -hmm. all the all these positive things and don't get me wrong, that's it's it's that's a good thing that they're doing that, but things like like once you actually get there and experience it, like you're like, man, this is not this is not what I thought it was gonna be, you know, it's not what I wanted. So mm -hmm. and I feel like that's it's different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I feel like that's uh, like 
one of the biggest mistakes we make you know like we're we're like encouraged to you know kind of make up our minds about our careers at like the age of 18 like who the fuck knows what the fuck they're doing at 18 you know and like that's that's horrible very true like you're immature yeah, like and they're like yeah what do you want to be at 18 you're like shit i don't know i just graduated high school man <laughs> like you know yeah. you're still a dumb little kid so <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I was I was blessed in the sense that my parents kept me on the right track, but they weren't overbearing. Right, right. You know, um, but not everybody has that where you know they make the best decisions. You know, I kind of lucked out. I feel like, and um, I had a lot of support, so I can I can never in my life say, oh, hey, I did this, I did all of this. Right, you right. Know, for forever, I'm gonna preface everything by you know all of the people that supported me right but when people idealize things and they yeah. chase after it they all they almost always get a reality check yeah yeah and so it's, it's, it's a my take is <clears throat> my take is you know don't don't try to chase after something you love doing what you have to do is you have to open your mind and you have to be open to the concept of you know what this is a good fit for the lifestyle for the career that I want, for the type of money that I want, mm. I'm going to work at falling in love with it. So instead of treating that's it, good. that's pretty good. Instead of treating it like a high school relationship, like a crush, right? Where you, oh, you're gonna fall in yeah, love. Everything's gonna be great. The first six months, you gotta treat it like a marriage. Mm. Okay. Right. I like marriage that. I like is it. difficult. It's tough. It's a two-way street. You give something, you get something, right? But you got to work at it every single day. Yeah. Because after yeah. the first, okay. what, couple of years? That makes sense. You know, it's tough. Yeah. So uh, what I did was I worked at falling in love with construction every single day. Um, and, you know, one thing led to another. And it's it's worked out really well for me. And, you know, I mean, here we are where I make my own schedule. I have a lot of freedom, you know, I make good money. I'm, I'm, I, I just have a lot of things in life that I didn't think I would have before 30. Right. Right. Yeah. No, like, uh, that, that, that's something to be, you know, like envious of, like, to be honest, cause like you're, you're living that, like you're living it on your terms, you know what I mean? You know, like there's no boss sure. like over yeah. your head and being like, it's like, Hey, I need you in at nine. You're like, yeah. <laughs> it's more like the other way around. You're like, I need to be at nine. It'll be there at nine. You know what I mean? Like, like it's on you so like true true yeah i mean i mean you guys you know you have a great job you you yourself are bond mm -hmm. but at the end of the day you know you have you know certain constraints that you have to work with yeah you can't yeah, really 100%. be creative you can't really take initiative you got to show up at a certain time leave mm -hmm. at a certain time you know um and it just it's it, it was a lot of constraints that i felt like were taking away my potential mm, okay and one thing that uh, is very important to me is that, you know, I saw, I was aware enough um, to see my parents go through the struggle that they went through. Right, and right. so for me, um, I did not want to be that person that didn't live up to his full potential because I feel like I owe it to them to do that. I feel like I owe it to myself to do that, you know, because ah, I got you. There's a ceiling in Fiji, bro. Oh, there's no bro. ceiling here. <laughs> it's right above your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't get very far. So uh, I, I want to ask you, since you're, you know, you have your own business and everything, like, what do you look for when you're hiring employees? Okay, that's a great question. Uh, and 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 this is something that actually, um, surprisingly enough, a lot of people don't ask me when they're looking for jobs. 
you know, um, they always just ask me, hey, do you know somebody that's looking to hire? It's never like, what should I do to get hired? Well, do you, do you, hire, um, do you hire your own or do you have someone to hire for you? Uh, no, I meet everybody. So one of my rules is I have to meet everybody that gets hired at least one time. Boss mentality. Right I, I like that. Hire. Yeah, 100%. And you know what? It actually led me to that because I read about uh, a CEO who does that and he has thousands of employees. But no matter what, he always has to meet every single employee that gets hired. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that it was, actually was... makes sense now why you always see like bosses come around shaking people's hand. Yeah. Like we do that a lot in the military as well, where they'll come yeah. around and they'll all the come and shake hands for the uh, of the younger people. Mm-hmm. And Funny enough, I met that guy in the restaurant. Uh a lot of one thing I didn't mention is because I was there all the time, I met all of the people that come in. I would go around, make sure they felt you know, comfortable and everything was good. I met CEOs, I met doctors, I met lawyers, I met a lot of people, and I had a lot of conversations. And he was actually he used to come and eat at the restaurant often. Wait, who? Uh, who used to come? The the CEO that I mentioned. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. And uh, I just picked his brain one day. I actually sat with him, had lunch when he came in. Man, and, that's a good opportunity, you know, huh? Picked his brain, and he says, "I meet every single person, no matter what." You know. And before they're hired, I have to meet them. So what I look for is not necessarily skills. You have to meet the minimum qualifications always. Uh Okay. But if you have, you know, the minimum qualifications and you meet that, you make the application. What I look for in interviews is very, very specific. I look for your body language and how you carry yourself. Okay. Uh, I also why, look... why why those two? Why why, why do you uh, look for those two specifically? Because that's more of a subconscious thing. It's very difficult for someone to go into an interview and focus on body language, stay composed, and answer the questions you know thoroughly enough if it's not natural. One of those three things will go. Ah, uh, okay. okay, okay, I see what you're saying. So you know, if this guy the night before, if he reads up like, oh, my body language should be a certain way, he comes into the interview, he's focused on the body language, he's not answering the questions thoroughly enough. You know, you can always tell. Right, right, okay, that makes so sense. I I look for somebody that's very natural in the interview, but also has cues. So there's little things that I've learned along the way, like you know, if you look up into the left, you're not you're accessing a certain part of your brain where you're not necessarily telling the truth, Okay. you know? Uh, So little things like that I picked up through reading. Uh, If you show your palms, most, most likely you are telling the truth. So little cues like that I pay attention to. Uh, But other than you just acting natural in the interview and being, you know, just very, very confident in yourself because they interact with customers. So that's important. I also look for somebody who has, drive and desire because those are things that i can't train i can't train your attitude i can't train your work ethic i can't train for you to have drive and desire no matter how hard i try those are things that come from within you they're innate so i have to make sure that you know this person that comes in they seem like they're ambitious they seem like they want to start at a certain point in the company and move up within the company they have to have goals they have to have you know dreams right right okay so along those lines like what like give us some examples of some questions or like how you dig in further to you know find find those characteristics of these individuals so what i do is i try to talk to talk to them about um you know stuff they do outside of their work ah okay okay how you spend your free time is a huge indicator 
of how you will be at work. It was like when Aman, you and I talked about me coaching in football. I always tell the kids, you know, what you do off the field actually matters what you do more than what you do on the field. Right, right. right. So how you carry yourself and your habits, your daily habits and stuff like that is what kind of gives me the the cues. So let's say I'm interviewing you, you know, I'm going to focus the interview more on a natural conversation and kind of talking to you about like, so, you know, tell me what, um, tell me what a day off looks like for you. That's one of my favorite questions. Ah, I like that. I like that question. Right. And when they tell me about how they spend their days off, I can, I can get from them, whether they're a family man, they're into sports. You know, if they tell me that, oh, my day is off, you know, I just, I catch up on all my shows. That guy's, that guy's a couch potato. Mm. <laughs> you know, I don't, yeah. I don't want that. I'm not a farmer. Right? <laughs> I don't want no potato. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I need, I need people to go. So those are certain, some, some questions I ask, because if I just sit here and I'm like, if I read your resume and I'm like, oh, so uh, tell me what you did at, 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 uh, you know, let's say one of my competitors, tell tell me what you did at ABC plumbing or something. Mm. It's right there on the resume. What he did at ABC plumbing. I already have that information in front of me. I want to get to know the person because I'm not hiring a job title. I'm hiring a human being. I'm hiring a person. I think that's also a good question to ask because what if they're, you know, most of the time, you know, I don't want to say most of the time, but you know, what if they, you know, probably misrepresented their, their uh, resume, you know, you might never know if it's, it's not true it's better to have him speak on it right okay <clears throat> some yeah, people yeah, might yeah. just start claiming oh yeah i did this and that tell me tell me more about it like yeah. you know you get him thinking like oh damn so 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 the way that you gotta i'm a firm believer in safety nets so the way that i make sure that you know everything kind of cross references is you open up the interview with oh hey um can you just give me a brief overview of your resume they don't have mm. it in front of them and when they give you a brief overview, you get an idea. So if there's any cues that they miss, so let's say that you know, they say that they were at uh, ABC Plumbing for uh, seven years on their resume, but they don't mention it once while they're giving you a brief overview, that's a cue to dig in more to that. Uh, okay. But if everything is good, I move on and I focus on the person. My interviews are generally at least an hour. An hour? Okay. Oh yeah, an hour. So, like, do you focus on like technical skills, soft skills? Um, uh, which do you, or do you go fifty-fifty? Um, I focus. Uh, so I have kind of. A, I don't write it down, but I've I've done enough to where I have like the same kind of um meta like methodology throughout the whole thing. So, um, what I do is uh I start off with the brief overview of the of the resume if they miss anything then i dig deeper then i go over their technical skills because i want to get the dry stuff out of the way you know if you get to the dry stuff towards the end of the interview you're not as productive so i get all of the nuts and bolts out of the way and then i start transitioning into you know kind of making it more of a conversation so i really what i do is i really uh build it based off of the answers they give me so let me give an example. I'm going to ask, you know, um, so describe a challenge that you had at ABC Plumbing that you overcame. And they'll tell me something like, you know, um, the customer was really having a tough time with the pricing, this and that. I gave them, you know, I was able to talk to my manager and give them a discount, right? And then what I do is I transition into, hey, over here, we're all about you know, 
pricing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you like to save money too, right? Uh, is there anything big you're saving money for right now? Or do you, do you have plans to purchase something big because every little bit helps? And they'll share with me. It's a, it's a small thing, but that starts transitioning into a conversation. So then I get, I, I get an idea of, you know, what their goals are right now. They're like, you know what? No, I'm not really saving for anything big. I'm just kind of, you know, working and figuring stuff out. Then I know that they're new. They're going through some stuff. If they tell me they're saving right. for a house so, for so their family. So would that be more of a red flag for you? Or is that more you're like, okay, like keys for you to dig further? Or so where, where does that lead you? That leads me to kind of just getting to know them as a person. That There's no red flag. Okay. They don't have to be saving for something. It's just maybe maybe they're saving for a house for their family. Great. Maybe they're just not really saving for anything. They're just trying to figure out what they want to do with their career. That's fine too, right? But that leads me to kind of transitioning the conversation into something that's more of a back and forth. And it's very laid back and they don't feel like they're in an interview anymore. Uh, because gotcha. what happens is when they're in an interview, they're putting through a persona. But when you start actually talking to them, it's a conversation. There's some few laughs. They actually, you know, they they might share with you a little bit more than they normally. Everyone puts up a front. Yeah, yeah. You just got to try to break through it. You <laughs> no, know? That's uh, 100% too. Like, uh, because like, I think I've been on like the other other side of it. But like, yeah. uh, so everyone, you know, presents like pretty much like the you know the highlight reel of themselves when they go to interviews they're, they're like oh this is like the best version you're gonna see right here right now but that's not permanent you know it's just yeah. it's just for show yeah you know one 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 specific example is um i interviewed a technician to come on board i found out that he connected with his customers because i told him to tell me you know about like a really good experience that you've had in the past you know going and helping a client out and he's like oh i went to this client's home and, um, you know, I found out that uh, he was into basketball as much as I was. And we just kind of talked about, you know, basketball the whole time I was there working. It was just great. It was a nice vibe. You know, I wish every day could be like that where I can talk to my clients and they weren't so, you know, just confrontational all the time. And I found out that he's into sports and I found out that he, you know, coaches youth. Somebody who's coaching youth and dedicating their time to community service most of the time, you know, they've got pretty good drive. They've got goals. They want to give back. They're good people. So I was able to kind of differentiate him from another identical candidate because they had the same amount of experience, same exact experience, same years. They were both eight years. You know, they had both done plumbing for eight years. I mean, it was uncanny. But I was able to differentiate him because the other guy wouldn't really give me anything. You know, I was, and that it was set hard. Him apart, huh? that set him apart because we had a national conversation and I felt like I was hiring a human, a person. I wasn't hiring a job applicant. So, okay. So when it comes to hiring, like, th does that play a big role for you? Like being able to, you know, see their humanity and see the, the person inside them? Absolutely. Look, when you're an employee, when you clock in and out, you're, you're a number you're in these big corporations you're a number that's the mentality in america right now right when you're a business owner your business you realize your business is only as good as you are so that means that any person in a specific job is going to be only as good as that person is that doesn't mean just you know their technical knowledge that means their habits how they carry themselves in the community because if somebody wears my company's shirt and they're going into the strip club, that's a bad look on my company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. 
But if they're wearing my shirt and they're going to coach youth kids and they're devoting their time to the community and they're, you know, doing stuff that are help that's that's helping other people and they're wearing my shirts, people see my company and they see it in a good light. Right. So so that positivity and like that humanity uh, really plays a big, big factor for you, huh? Oh, yeah. And it pays dividends because it pays dividends in the small things. You know, if you hire someone who's not who doesn't have the best habits, who, who doesn't have, you know, just, uh, I would say respect for other people, that person is most likely, you know, not going to give you the courtesy of a two week notice. You know, they're not going to give you the courtesy of calling out of work. They might just be a no call, no show because those people have tendencies to not have good habits. But the people that you hire that are well-rounded, you know, they might give you a two-week notice. They might be like, hey, boss, listen, I can't I can't come in on Friday. I'm really sorry. You know, they might give you a couple days notice that they can't work something. You'll be better prepared to tackle obstacles. They'll be willing to go above and beyond for the customer. They'll provide better customer service. It When you hire good people, when you focus on humanity, it comes back to you in hundreds of different ways. Wow. Oh, I like man. I like that. That was a that was a solid answer. Um, so I wanted to ask you about um, like work or work ethic and like what your take on it is and how you view it in yourself and also probably your your employees as well. Like, how do you value that or how do you see it? I uh, I still get outworked by my by my dad and he's sixty one years old. Damn. Uh, he's he's still up before I am he he you know what i mean like and i and i i like to think i wake up pretty early by you know uh our generation standards but uh yeah that's that's kind of that's kind of my my ideal to strive towards you know and i think that work ethic is something that um that comes to you through life experience a lot of people naturally i believe have a higher work ethic but for you to really improve on it and and imperfect it you have to go through hurdles and challenges. You have to fail so that you know that what you're doing is not enough and you have to step it up. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. So you mean like like the failures that you got, kind of yeah. go through, right? Like. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So for my employees, you know, I let them know that uh, if you are looking for just a job where you know you're not going to be kind of bothered and you're just going to kind of stay stagnant for three three to five years have the same title you know not be expected to learn new things and move up this is not the company for you i don't want somebody in the same position for more than more than two to three years i want you to be able to learn your position master it move on to a higher position better your life be better for the company and just move and keep moving up, you know, because if you're if your employees aren't growing, you're not growing. Right. right. And, and in order to grow, you have to have good work ethic. Oh. Um, and to me, indicators of good work ethic is uh, <clears throat> number one is is your time management skills. So, you know, how often you're on time, how you handle time management, um, how quickly you finish tasks, you know, how much time you've kind of lost in the day or wasted. That's number one. Number two is your organizational skills. You know, um, if you're if you're known for losing paperwork all the time, that's one thing. You know, if you're if the invoices that my text fill out, if they're not thorough, if they're sloppy, you know, if they're just very brief or vague, that is an indicator to me that, you know, they don't take the time to do things right 
they don't have good organizational skills because if they did then they would know that it's good to be detailed you know so those things those small things are indicators uh so everything comes back to the details the when you want to look at work ethic huh? When you want to find out someone's work ethic, you look at the small details. You don't look at the big picture. You don't look at the fact that, you know, oh, they've been clocking in at 8 o'clock every day. You want to come in earlier and you want to be like, okay, is this guy parking and, like, fucking booking it to go clocking in on time? Hmm. Or is this guy here 10 minutes early just chilling, you know, Ah. like, oh, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. It's time to go clock in. So little things like that make a difference. Ah. Who would you give your uh, your the credit to for your success, like your uh, your influence? Hundred percent, my parents first and foremost. Uh, my mom taught me. Uh, my mom taught me how to be patient and how to deal with people. Uh, when when like they're when they're upset or they're not having a good day, she taught me how to kind of just be be forgiving and understanding because she is a very understanding person. My father taught me everything about business and he taught me about time management and he taught me how to be a man. You know, there's there's sayings from him that I carry every single day. I think about something, some saying he said to me about every single day. So those two, first and foremost, my brothers had a big hand in it. You know, it wasn't always them teaching me the right things. Sometimes I'd see their mistakes and I'd know, okay, that's mm. not the right thing to do. Um. You know, I was, uh, I, I dated a girl for a long time, uh, a big chunk of my life. And when I was in high school, when I had, you know, met her, I was a very self-absorbed, like just cocky, you know, 15 year old. Hey, listen, that um, hasn't changed. All that's, <laughs> you know, just, just, just a lot of, just a lot of, you know, personality issues. Uh, she had a big hand in helping me grow up a lot. And the sport that saved my life was football. So those are the things that i can mention for sure but i can't say enough things about my parents man like even to this day my parents are like my best friends i can talk to them you know my dad has conversations with me he guides me uh whenever i mess up on something you know he shows me how to fix it or do it the right way if i don't know how to handle the situation i can call him anytime uh that's why I say I I can't say I did this alone. Like I had so much support, man. It's unreal. Man, that's awesome. Like and like just having like that just goes to show you like you know the power good, of like good parenting. You know, like it it, it carries yeah. so much weight because like you know like the the child is is the future. You know, like um like just look at like nowadays when like when I look at little kids I'm like man like they're gonna grow up in a whole different world than we are you know and yeah and the thing is like you, you gotta be that person to guide them through that where I'm like hey you know you probably wanna do this maybe maybe try that get into this you know and I feel like you had that while while, while you're going through you know your teenage Word. years Word. and um, growing up and your 20s and stuff your dad and your, your mom and dad both of them just guiding you they're like hey I want to try this out, you know, check this out, see what this. So, did you ever have any pressure from your parents to like go to college and get a degree and go the traditional route that you know most people end up going? Yeah, yeah. So they definitely wanted me to go to school to figure things out. One hundred percent, they did, and they were very supportive. You know, my dad was like, "I'll help you out every step of the way. Mom is gonna help you out every step of the way. Just make sure you stay focused and you figure out what you want to do." the the interesting thing was they always let me choose what i wanted to do 
they never forced choices on me. The only thing that they forced on me was that I had to work hard and I had to always be productive. So I can't just say go to school. I had to, you know, have a job. I had to do well in school. You know, I couldn't just play football. I had to have a job to afford, you know, you know, the the stuff that I needed in high school. So they never forced choices on me. They only forced my work ethic and 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 just kind of, you know, my overall productivity and drive. So pretty much my parents just said to me, hey, as long as you're not out there hurting other people on purpose, you know, you go do what you want, make a living, be happy. So I went to school and they didn't even really, uh, you know, pressure me to pick a certain major. When once I had picked a major, I told, you know, my parents what it was and they're like, okay, great. Well, go work at it. Go, 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 go do what you need to do. And I was going through that. And then when I decided to, you know, do the restaurant thing, I came back to them and I was like, hey, uh, you know, my dad was like, I think it's a good idea for you. And I was like, yeah, it seems like a good idea. And he's like, obviously, we'll support you 100 percent. And I was like, "Okay, let's let's you know, let's let's chase it. Uh, When I wanted when I decided to do the construction thing, you know, same thing. I think it's a good idea. Let's chase it. So there's been pressure to do well. But there's never been pressure as like other immigrant parents do like, oh, you have to be a doctor. Right. right. Oh, you have to be a lawyer. If you're not an engineer, we're going to disown you. It was never that. Uh, See, like, but I feel like that's like that's such progressive thinking, like on your parents end, you know, because like they weren't forcing you down or anything. They're like, you know, they're like, hey, you know, like whatever he wants to do, I'm, I'm in full support. And that's how it should be. It's like whatever your dreams are, like you would always want, you know, you would hope. You, it's your parents you know got your back and be like hey you know i want to try this and then they're like yeah you know I'm, I'm in full support but like coming from where we come from you know kind of like almost a third world country like like you don't, you don't get a lot of that you know like you know um a lot of like i can say if, you know my parents are kind of stuck in that way they're like hey you know follow this route yada yada you know do this like you know be a lawyer engineer doctor slash whatever you know, and make make us proud, and then like if you deter anywhere from that, you're a failure, right? Like that that's pretty much what it comes to. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna follow up that up with 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 two things. The first, the reason why I think my parents are like that is because, you know, my grandfather on my dad's side was a farmer, and my dad never wanted to be a farmer. He wanted something better for himself, and so when he turned eighteen, and you know my grandfather was like well you got to take over the farm and do farming and he was like nah <laughs> straight up <laughs> my huh? grand my grandfather kicked him out it was some he gave him like i don't know i think it was like 18 fijian dollars or something it was some like weird amount he gave him a little bit of like pocket money and he was like be like go on your way like go make your life then and my dad left and he went and he you know went into construction and he like saved money got a house got married he did all that on his own. Man, that's um, wow. It's amazing. And so I think when he when when you know when he had children, he just wanted them to be successful and happy. He didn't care what they were doing as long as they're not, you know, again, hurting other people. So it's like I think because he went that went through that experience himself, he didn't want to put me through it. And and you know, that doesn't happen with everybody. So um, I think that's why I did that. And the second thing, um, the reason why immigrant parents have that mentality sometimes is because 
a lot of the information that they got, you know, when they come to this country is was very true in the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, and that's their generation is that, oh, you go to school. If you if you get to America, you go to school, you get a good job, you work and then you retire. But we're not growing up in the 60s, 70s and 80s of America. What was true for their generation is no longer true for us. Now, you know, I mean, the cost of school is like 10 times greater than what it was during their time. And the minimum wage hasn't come up to match it. And so the cost of everything else is higher. And so I think when they kind of hold on to that mentality and they force it on our generation of kids, that's why it backfires. That's why kids, you know, kind of have a backlash and they try to revolt. But, you know, it's not uncommon for immigrant parents to be like, oh, yeah, you have to, you know, you have to go be a lawyer. Otherwise, right, right. you're going to, you know, bring shame to the family. I bring all kinds of shame, fam. All kinds of shame. All yeah. Kinds. Hey, but. Speaking of but... shame, V, you good? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Got him. Speaking of shame, you're still, uh, you're still young, right? Yeah. yeah. How do you, how do you, uh, what do you do on the weekends, though? Do you, do you still party? Do you still. You know, yeah. you still yeah. have that business mentality all the way out. Uh, you know, tell I me do. more about so, that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been partying a lot more because I have more bad influences in my life now. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, that's what happens when you're a business. Uh, hey, yeah. play hard. You, right? You work hard, you play hard, man. <laughs> work hard, you play no, hard. No, listen, it's you work hard and you play harder. Exactly. <laughs> He's right. So, um, But that doesn't stop you, though. I, I no, know hanging out with you. It doesn't. It, no matter how many times we've gone out clubbing or bars or whatever you still make time to get up and do work and then still come to our you know play with us hang out with us yeah you know yeah there's a so one of the guys who founded netflix right um he had this rule um so he did he did something uh when they were like a little bit smaller so he could implement it and he had this rule where every tuesday five o'clock no matter what, he was going to go home, spend time with his family. It did not matter what came up. The company could be going bankrupt or whatever. He just would not hear it. Nobody could talk to him after 5 o'clock on Tuesdays. And he did that for like two or three months. And the first, and the first, the first like few weeks was a struggle. But then people caught on and they were like, well, shit, you know what? Just don't even bother him Tuesday after 5. He's not going to even pay attention to it. And then what happened is eventually it became a normal thing and nobody was even bothered that the CEO is gone at, you know, Tuesdays at five, he's gone, even though other people are staying, working, doing whatever they want. So I kind of took that idea and I kind of implemented it in my life so that no matter what I do the night before, whether it's Friday night, Saturday night, whatever, I have a certain amount of tasks that I have to do the following day that I know from the day before. And no matter what, I'm going to complete those tasks. So it's not the same exact rule, but I know that what I have to get done, I know my responsibilities. And if I'm out till 3 a.m., so be it. If I have to wake up at 6, that's on me. If I have to wake up at 8, that's on me. But I still make sure that I get up and I do it no matter what. And I think it's good because it helps me balance everything out because I still have time to see my friends to travel, to do things I want to do, to coach, 
and still get things done and have a work-life balance because at the end of the day man that's the reason why i left the restaurant game so to have a work-life balance and if i don't have that now then when am i gonna have it you know right right and uh so like would you say you're satisfied uh with the the life that you have now uh with your business yeah and the the way you're spending time with your friends and family absolutely i mean i'm i i uh analyze you know myself a lot and i like to kind of reflect a lot and uh one thing that i want to change for sure is as we've all discussed i want to travel more and i want to focus more on on um you know experiencing different things rather than us just being out every night you know gotcha. sometimes maybe i want to i want to i want to say hey instead of you know clubbing on a friday night Maybe let's just um, you know go do something else like I don't know let's let's go hang out with new people let's do top golf let's have trivia night or something Ooh. instead of you know um, staying in Sacramento I'm on you push this a lot I just want to be out of Sacramento I don't care where it is yeah. we just travel together so I'm happy with my work life balance I would just change a, a few things about how I'm spending my time because I want to experience new things but that doesn't mean I'm happy that's a good thing. Right, right because i have this time i'm able to do that with you guys right. nice uh Orca, well uh, let's switch gears a little bit and uh so i want to ask you you know like say that you maybe had like a little brother or a, a younger sibling okay and like they're they're like just graduating high school um and and they don't know what they want to do what, mm -hmm. what what would you encourage them like what path would you advise for them well, I mean, I have a son. His name is Vipo. Mm. Uh, That's your he boy right me, here. He calls me Papi Chulo. Every Wednesdays and Thursdays. Had, every Wednesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> at, 9 had, uh, at 9 p.m. At 9 p.m. This podcast took a turn. It definitely switched. <laughs> if I had a son, they were a son or daughter. They're 18 years old. Um, first and foremost, I would tell them that they should try to pursue some type of education but before they get and jump into school they should talk to people that are in that profession that are in the field that they're interested in i think that's a mistake that a lot of us make where we don't talk to people if i had taken the time and i had talked to 10 restaurant owners before i opened the restaurant i probably would have gotten the answer from all 10 of them that there's not a whole lot of work-life balance and it's difficult to maintain. And maybe I would have avoided it, you know. Um, but who knows? But I think that the best way for you to make up for experience is to talk to other people who have the experience and to get their input. And I think 10 people are enough of a sample size to get uh, a good uh, diversity in opinions. Uh, once they find a field, then what I would do is I would tell them to go ahead and pursue education in that field if it's necessary. Um, if they don't want to do any type of education, I would 100% recommend military for them. Uh, I think getting in younger at like 18, 19 is much better than for them to waste time at school and then end up going in the military anyways. And um, I mean, if none of those are an option and they just can't figure out what they want to do, I would still tell them, you just you just got to start. That's a lot of things that people don't do. You just got to start at something. Either start at school, find a job, you know, do something. 
You just have to start. A lot of people wait like, oh, you know what? Next month's going to be perfect because I'm going to have all this stuff happening. Then that's when I'm going to start. Or next week is perfect. Oh, I'm going to wait, you know, another day to start start my diet or whatever. You just got to start. Um, so that's the advice that I would give them. Nice, man. man like, that was perfect. Like, I, I 100% agree with that because – like yeah. like one one thing that like I kind of regret was like you know I chose a field without like pretty much just ch- chasing dollar signs you know and like and, and that that's what it, sure. yeah like in the beginning I was like you know you're a young kid you're like man you're like I just want to make money and then you just look for something that makes the most money kind of dive in without you know ever considering any other factors be like nah man I'll be good I'm just gonna, you know I just want to make money but your advice yeah. was way better you know like tell them to go down that route with interview people figure out what it's actually like to be in that field you know because yeah dude because right now you hear the word engineer and you just think oh as long as i got an engineering degree i made it and then you get in the work field and you're like man i gotta work twice as hard that i did in school to make Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. you know so uh i think i think yeah i think uh i think now people are with with social media and everything people get a better idea of what careers look like Definitely. but what happens is social media can be very manipulative too because they can only show you the good things yeah the highlight so that's why glamorize yep that's why i think it's still important to go see people face to face and talk to them and you know explore corporate offices and check it out and see what the culture is like and all that good stuff nice uh, anyway, so we're gonna wrap up here. Uh, I got three yep. three questions for you. Uh, this is like rapid fire. Yeah, almost rapid <clears> fire. <throat> Just answer them as probably quick as you can. One word answers, maybe two sentences. Okay. Uh, whatever, what you know, whatever you feel. So let's see. Um, uh, what do you want to be remembered for? You know, on your tombstone, like you know, like like in you know, anyone's at your funeral. Like, what, what words would you want to have uh, been said about you? Um. He was a family man, a philanthropist, and kind. I like that. That's it. I like that. Yeah. All right. And then if you could master one skill and be world class at it, what would it be? Uh, uh, world class at one skill? I would say something to do with sports. So I'd, I'd probably say like either throwing a football or catching a football because I love football. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, are, are you uh, you also coach a football team, right? I forgot to ask yep. you about that. Yeah. 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 That's so. Uh, that's, that's I fun. always wondered why, why. Why do you Why do you enjoy coaching, or why do you like to coach? Um. It's, you know, my dad used to. He still says it. When I say used to, he says, if you are in a position to help people, it's no longer an option. Now it becomes your duty as a human, right, Damn. to give back. And so I always carry that with me. And one thing I realize is that football makes me really happy, and I'm always at peace with it. So whenever I'm, I'm there, I'm coaching. Even if you see me yelling, I'm not really man- angry. I'm not stressed. I'm not upset. I'm just in the moment. I'm living it, and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm blessed that I feel this way about football because it's a great tool to teach kids about discipline, brotherhood, um, about what it takes to be successful. Because like I said, football saved my life. Um, 
if I didn't have football there to teach me to do the right things and to have good grades and if you work hard off the field it translates to on the field all that stuff uh then you know I mean I probably would have been a very different person so really the main reason why I do it is because it brings me happiness um but also I can give back and I help I can help you know maybe save a life or two man it's awesome dude yeah, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so we're here. My last question. So, um, say that you know uh, it's all said and done. Well, uh, maybe like seventy years from now, you know, you 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 you're on your deathbed, kind of just laying there, um, and you know, but like everything you've done is like it's all said and done. But you get to leave one truth with the entire world. They get to hear your message, right? What would you leave them with? Uh, one truth. So is it is it something people don't know about it, me, or is or, it something no, about the no, whole it's just, world to kind of? It's just one do. truth you've learned just living, like living throughout your experiences, throughout you know, like everything you gathered gathered in like the you know however many years you lived. Um, before being anything else, be human first. Solid. Hmm. I like that. I like that. We we have to be human first because a lot of times we forget that we're all experiencing this for the first time through it together, and if we can just if we can just help each other, work together, if we can build each other up. My dream is to see all of my boys, you know, have their own businesses, be flourishing, be able to take time off when they want to, be doing the same things that I'm that I'm doing right, and to have that work life balance. My dream is not to be better than anybody else. It's to work and grow with everybody else, and that's what how everybody should be. And I think if we f- we we remember that we're all humans and we're all the same, then I think it'd be a lot easier to have that mentality. Man, that's awesome. So that's it. Well, man, yo, thank you for coming through. Okay, yeah, yeah, and your answers were fire. And- Fire. I I, uh, I appreciate it, man. I hope you know whoever's listening, they get something out of it. And um, I mean, this is why we're doing this. Right, this right. is why we're doing it. So hopefully, we can we can reach some people, and you know, maybe this is the difference between them taking that leap of faith or not. But you know, I mean, man, this was a blast. Yeah. I, cool. I yeah, this was this was really. I'm really really happy I did this. This this was a blast. Awesome. Well, hey, anyways, that concludes our podcast for tonight or today whenever later guys so uh, yeah come uh, come by for the next episode alright later next time I'll be eating Doritos while you guys are talking in the podcast who invited him <laughs> hey get him out of here <laughs>